Good morning, everyone. The healing pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is in which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for such a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick up and walk? Pick it up and walk. The man who was healed had no idea who he was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning everyone. As Paul said, my name is Cathy and um, I'm at Trinity College. Um, I'm an Auditor there, studying to do the same sort of thing as Aidan and Paul. Um, and I'm married to Aidan, if you didn't know that already, he's the curate here. Um, and we've got a lovely little boy called Ruben. He's the one with the red hair and lovely little curls. <laughs> so yes, I just want to add my welcome to you to those of us down here on the ground floor and those of you in the ground circle up there. <laughs> um, yeah, good morning. So today's service is about healing. Um, and I want to start with addressing the elephant in the room. And that's the fact that many of us here today, listening here or at home, um, will be struggling with some form of illness, whether that's um, physical, mental, emotional or spiritual, or there may be someone that we love and care for who is struggling. And sadly, they don't always get healed when we pray for them. I'm not going to pretend that becoming a Christian is like having a magic wand that solves everything, because sadly that's just not how it works. Um, but I do believe that one day we will all be made completely whole, um, whether that's on this side or the next side of eternity. 
Now at this point we can talk a lot about um, false teaching, about things like not having enough faith or secret sin that's causing um, people to be in pain or not be healed. But I just want to say quickly, no, those things are wrong. I don't have time to unpack them lots. Please come and chat to me afterwards or to Paul or Aiden. Um, or what you can do when you're at home, and there's a really good book by Pete Green, which we've looked at before, called God on Mute. That's all about hours of prayer. Um, and there's another church in London, King's Cross Church, and they do some phenomenal teaching about healing, about tension of the now and not yet. Um, and we've got a series called Name of All Names, and it's the one about Jehovah Rapha, which is God is a healer. So definitely go and check those out beyond today, so some further reading or listening to healer. <laughs> today, however, we are going to focus on the fact that Jesus does indeed heal today. Not just in the past, not just in the future, but today. Turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, whether that's paper or digital, um, to John 5, 1 to 15. I'll give you a little few seconds to grab those. So some helpful background, this all takes place at the pool of Bethsaida. And the pool is believed to be just outside the temple. And it was probably the water source of the temple as well. And there was this urban legend that every morning an angel would come up to the pool, stir it up with some angel things, <laughs> um, and whoever was the first person into the pool that morning would be completely healed, whether that was physical, uh, whether it was spiritual, emotional, mental, I don't know, but that is what people believed that happened. It would essentially be down to survival of the fittest amongst the quote-unquote unfit. Or, as the main story mentions, um, you meet some friends or family to like helpfully shove people out of the way so you can get in, which is not exactly a nice thing, is it? There is absolutely no queuing, and I'm sure to those of us here um, who were from the UK would probably be looking at it and going. <laughs> This man had no one. He had no one to help him get into the pool. So day after day, he would either have to uh, crawl himself and get over there, um, or he had to live near the waters, but clearly not near enough. Because every day he would be pushed away and then people would go in. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that pretty horrific that that passed for healthcare. Clearly, Jesus thought so too. Because if we look at verses 1 to 9, Jesus has specifically gone to this place. He knows exactly why people are there. And when he saw this man, he was moved with compassion for him. He knows exactly what he wants by the virtue of him being there. Plus we also see that he's already learned about his condition, whether that was with a conversation with the man himself that we don't get to hear, or um, through other people around him. And Jesus comes up to him and he says, do you want to get well? Now here Jesus is inviting the man into restoration. He has come to him. The man responds instead of yes. <laughs> he just goes into a long story of how and why he's not been healed. He talks about how there's no one to help him get into the pool to be healed by the waters. Now what I find amazing, aside from the fact that he's healed pretty instantaneously, 
is the fact that Jesus doesn't go into a long spiel saying, you're believing the wrong things, don't you know you should be believing in me, you're just believing in superstitious nonsense. He doesn't do any of that, he just loves the man, shows him compassion, and he heals him, and he listens to him. But Jesus also doesn't even wait around for a thank you, he just slips into the crowd, which again, as for those of us from the UK, will probably be like, I didn't even say thank you. <laughs> It's a miracle. He can walk. This man who's been disabled for 38 years can walk. Like, that is a miracle, is it not? Yes. But that wasn't good enough for the Pharisees, unfortunately. If we look at verses 9 to 13, when they see the man walking around with his mat on the Sabbath, they are indignant because they misinterpret this as the breaking of the law. It sounds legalistic and foolish to us. They're so busy trying to bring about the kingdom of God that they fail to see what this miracle really is. A sign that the king of that kingdom has come. <laughs> but I'd also like to caution us all to not judge the Pharisees too harshly and to uh, focus on the speck in their eyes instead of the plank in our own because we all love them. But I'd also like to address another elephant in the room. Um, for me, this seemed like the trickiest part, and that's verse 14, where Jesus says, See, you are right again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Now, when I was reading the passage, I thought, great, this is a really nice story. I'm going to get to talk about Jesus healing. And then I got to this bit and was like, oh, I think I've been given the short straw. <laughs> But actually, as I read more about it, and as I um, prayed about it as well, I realised that this clearly isn't about physical suffering, but about spiritual things. Because what could be worse than what this man has already endured physically for the last 38 years? He was disabled in a time when there was like, no good healthcare, and the disabled were marginalised and made fun of. We don't know what sins Jesus was talking about specifically. It doesn't say in the passage. It's taking part in part of a wider conversation that we're not privy to. But we do know that sin, shame, and guilt separates us and puts a strain on our relationship with our Maker, with one another, and with the whole of creation. It causes pain and it causes suffering. Sin can cause relational, emotional, and mental injury because it's a distortion of our innermost being. It's a distortion of our souls. Sin is creation rejecting its creator. And I mean sin as a whole, not just individual sins that my individual people. And if sin caused all illnesses and disability directly, then each one of us would constantly be sick. Because we're all broken, we're all imperfect, but through Christ we are reconciled and we are redeemed. Amen? Amen. So please, when you hear someone saying something to someone along the lines of, oh, you haven't been healed because of some kind of secret sin in your life, please correct them because that is not only deeply damaging, but it's not biblical. Be kind to them because they've probably been on the end of some bad teaching themselves, but don't let it go unchecked. And if you want some extra support um, to prove that it's not biblical, flick ahead to John 9 when you have time at the beginning because Jesus addresses this himself directly. 
So why does this matter for us today? Well, if you've got your Bibles, skip ahead to John 21, verse 25. It's the final chapter. And it says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. But in the Gospels we hear about various miracles and healings, and John is very clear that that's not even a drop in the ocean in the amount of things that Jesus did. God is abundant in his generosity and in his miracles. God isn't stingy. We know about a few particular miracles so that we can have our faith increase and know that Jesus is God. And yet, Jesus clearly did way more. Why? Was it because he wanted publicity? Hey everyone, look how great I am. No. <laughs> it's because he loves us. He loves his creation. And this is just during his time in the incarnation. That doesn't even mention all of the people in the past and all of the people now, all of the people who will be that Jesus is going to heal in some way. Many around the world, Christians and non-Christians, can testify to the fact that Jesus has done great miracles through his Holy Spirit and through his church. Jesus healed a man who had no hope of recovery because the only option available to him was constantly taken away. But we believe that God is not only truly good, that he wants to bring an end to physical, emotional, mental and spiritual pain and suffering here today. I'm going to finish with a couple of testimonies that um, are things that have happened to both Aiden and myself. So they're definitely true, they're not sort of like hearsay. You can ask us about them later. But they're both really quite different to us in the way that um, healings came about. So, Aiden was actually born with, um, he was deaf in one ear. He only had about 10% hearing, and it was so low that the doctor said there's no point in him having a hearing aid because there's just not enough there to He had to read lip, he had to sit in the front of his classrooms because he just couldn't hear. And he didn't know any differently, he didn't expect to get healed because that's a part of him, he, he didn't. Although he struggled with it, he never known any differently. But one day, whilst he was in his twenties at a Christian retreat at what would turn out to be a really profound moment in his Christian uh, journey, they were, him and his friends were singing some worship songs, and as they were worshiping, the lady next to him started shouting really loudly. And was like, oh my goodness, this is so loud! What? Hang on. <laughs> I can hear it with my bad ear. <laughs> um, it was a miracle. He can hear. <laughs> um, so he went to the doctors and he got checked over and the doctor confirmed you have two completely healthy eardrums. Amazing. And when he told me about this on the phone that day, I was like, oh, what time did this happen? And he said, oh, I don't know, about like two o'clock. At that very same time, I had been doing a little Bible devotional and praying and I reflected on the fact that I didn't know anyone who'd been healed by God and I was saying to God, I'm just not sure that this really does happen today because I've just, I've not ever seen it or heard about it. I would just love to see that happen, Lord. Would you heal someone around me? At the exact same time <laughs> that that happened for Aiden. So that really boosted 
not just his faith, but my faith and those uh, all around him. Amazing. <laughs> the second one is about my own personal story. And when I was in university, I broke my leg. And as a result, I suffered really badly with my hips. It hurt to sit, it hurt to walk, it hurt to lie down. Couldn't do any sports or anything. It was so painful. Um, and I, it had been about six months of this, and I ended up going to the adult version of Soul Survivor, um, which is called Momentum. Not that, not the Jeremy Corbyn one, it's the Soul Survivor. I've never been somewhere so loud, so wacky, so many people praying and expecting miracles, and a part of me was like, is this even biblical? Is this okay? <laughs> so I didn't know really concerned what was going happen. Um, but it was amazing, and a friend of mine offered to um, pray with me, so I sceptically accepted. And after about a minute, I started to experience some pins and needles in my hips, and I started to like giggle and feel really calm. But I was like, oh lord, if I'm just not riding away with hysteria, then you know we need to stop this because that's just not okay, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But I just felt really at peace, and I continued to, um, yeah, giggle and just feel really joyful. And I remember feeling so grateful to God and for how much He loved me. And then thinking, hooray, I'm healed, yes! But I also felt God say, actually, this is more like temporary pain relief. I really want you to go to physio. Uh, I admit I was a little bit disappointed because I wasn't getting an amazing healing like what Aiden had had or other people around me, but I still felt really loved and really held by God. And so for the rest of the week, it definitely didn't hurt to count. So that was, you know, a mini miracle in itself. Um, and then I hooked onto physio, and this is a miracle. I was seen within a week. <laughs> um, and once I did the physio, I got stronger, the pain in my hips started to subside. But the other amazing thing was that the physiotherapist used to be a Christian and she hadn't been for many years because she'd been really hurt by church. And I was able to share my faith with her, to pray with her in a way that wouldn't have gotten her in trouble. But she was so encouraged and she went and found her own new church community. So through the healing I received from medicine which the God-given gift, somebody else experienced emotional and spiritual healing because of me being there and talking about Jesus. How amazing is that? Two completely different kinds of healings, both of them God. So there we go. Sometimes God completely heals us in a flashy way. Sometimes it's through more steady things like physio or medicine. Or sometimes it's through a kind word from someone. I believe that God heals today. And he wants to. But not always in the way that we expect. He wants to do it in all kinds of ways. And I hope that this encourages you to have this same hope and this same belief. I'm going to pass over to Paul, but before I do, I'd like to pray for us all. Is that okay? Lord Jesus, thank you that you love your creation. Thank you that you are a good God who wants to see us be made whole, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And I pray that all of us here today would experience that wholeness through you, God. And that those we love and pray for would somehow get a glimpse of you too, God. 
that our faith might be increased and we might tell the whole world of your love and your healing, saving power. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.